Okay, uh, that's good to see you out this evening, folks. Now, on Wednesday evenings, uh, Pastor Jekyll has been going through First uh, Peter, and we've been enjoying the lessons there on First Peter. Then on Sunday morning, Brother Troy has been going through the study of the disciples and the apostles, and more recently he's been looking at the Apostle Peter. Tonight, I want to give you just an overview of Peter's life. The Lord laid, laid this on my heart some time ago. Mm-hmm. Pastor rang me up just last Saturday and asked me if I could speak this evening. So we'll be looking at Peter's life and I pray that uh, it will complement uh, what has already been said about Peter by both Pastor and Brother Troy. Now tonight we only have time to scratch the surface. Uh, obviously, you're uh, uh, there's a lot in Peter's life that we could look at, but we'll only be scratching the surface this evening. Okay, uh, one of the, I, I believe one of the great statements made by Peter is, for, and you don't need to turn to all these, I'll be turning to quite a few scriptures, but one of the great statements made by Peter is found in Acts chapter 5, verse 29, it says this, We ought to obey God rather than men. And uh Wish to God that men would realize that today. We ought to obey God rather than men. And Christians all around the world are following men. They're following what men believe and what men say rather than checking it out in the scriptures. Now, uh, Peter's life was one that was full of turmoil, trials, tribulations, Testings, triumph, trusting, and testifying. So he had a wonderful life, there's no doubt about it. And uh, I just want to go through a few things this evening. So let's go back, as it were, to the beginning, Peter's call. Now you'll know that uh, some of these things have uh, been gone over uh, by Troy and by Pastor. Nevertheless, we'll go through them this evening and see what the Lord would have for us. So John chapter 1. And verse 42. And it says this. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him he said. Thou art Simon. The son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas. Which is by interpretation. A stone. A stone. The first thing we see here is. Brotherly love. Of course brotherly love could go a long way. In these days. But the first thing we see is brotherly love. As soon as Andrew found the Saviour, what was the first thing he did? What was the first thing he thought of? Well, he thought of his brother. And he wanted Peter to come to the Saviour as well. It was the first thing he thought of and the first thing he did. But it may not have been easy. There was work attached to it. See, he had to find him first, had to find him. And sometimes we might have family and they're hard to find. They could be all over the world. Uh, Sometimes we have to search them out uh, before we can tell them of the Lord Jesus Christ. But Andrew findeth his brother Peter. The next thing we see is that Andrew witnessed to Peter. We have found him, the Messiah, the Christ. Uh, you know, what that says to me is 
they knew the scriptures. It's not a saying we say to someone who doesn't know the scriptures. Uh, they, they knew what they were talking about. We have found him. Who, who are you talking about? We have found the Messiah, the Christ. They, they knew the scriptures. They knew the Messiah was prophesied. And they were looking for him. We have found him. Found the Lord Jesus Christ. Because they were I believe continually watching out as all Jewish men would have been in those days. Just in the same way as Jew Jewish maidens would have been waiting for uh, their Messiah and so forth. So they knew the scriptures. They knew the Messiah was prophesied and they were looking for him. The third thing is he brought him to Jesus. Never sent him. He brought him to Jesus. Folks, what lessons can we learn from this one scripture as it were. Well firstly I believe we are taught to have that love which passes all understanding. To have love for those who do not know the Saviour. Then we are to seek them out. Then we are to seek those of our own family out. Then we ought to witness and testify to them. And then we need to bring them to the feet of Jesus. That's what Andrew did in relation to Peter. Love others. Go and seek them out. Witness to them. And bring them to the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then we see in verse 42 that the Lord gives him a new name. Look at verse 42. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. Now I need to explain this just a little. I'm sure you know it. But in verse 42, the Lord gives Peter a new name. A new name. Cephas, which means a stone or a pebble. Petros in the Greek. Christ was referring to himself when using the word rock, which is Petra. And he says, upon this rock I will build my church, referring to himself. Now I read something up during the week which was interesting. It may well have been something that Andrew and Peter had said in relation to the word of God that the Lord Jesus Christ was referring to that. The doctrines, the word of God, upon that rock I will build my church. But it certainly wasn't Peter. Must get that straight. See, that's what the Roman Catholics believe. That's what the Roman Catholics uh, translate this verse into, that Peter was the rock and he was the first Hope of the Catholic Church because upon that rock, Peter, I will build my church, which is false. It's not right. So Cephas, which is a stone or a small rock or a pebble, against Petra, which is a rock upon which Christ builds the church. You see, with Peter, it was a new relationship. Simon, thy son of Jonah, now Simon, Peter is in a new family with a new name. And folks, aren't you glad? Praise God, when we get saved, we enter into a new relationship. 
We join the family of God, sons of God, joint heirs with Christ. So folks, what a privileged position we have. That was Peter's call. There's a lot more involved in it, but we'll keep it simple tonight. Next we see Peter's confidence. Please turn to John chapter 6. John chapter 6, and we'll look at verse 66 to 68. John chapter 6, and verse 66 to 68. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter, and you'll find out that Simon Peter always speaks up. Uh, today we would call him a bull in a china shop, okay? He's the, he's the one in the twelve that speaks for the twelve, that jumps to the conclusions, that gives the answers, sometimes without even thinking, because the Lord had to rebuke him and so forth. But here he says, uh, from that time forth, uh, uh, his disciples went, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, will you also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord... To whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him being one of the twelve. So here we have Peter's confidence. And what a confident answer he gives. Uh, here's the situation. Our Lord asserts his deity. And uh, if you read back earlier, he's talking about his deity. And in verse 66, it tells us that many of the disciples, many of the Christ followers, turned away. And they went back. That word back means to the former things of the former life. And walk no more with him. Uh, and we are uh, setting, uh, as it were, the scene. We're seeing many in these days going back, aren't we? Too many start on the road and they walk backwards. What a travesty. What a travesty that men... Women, hear God's word, hear the doctrines explained to them, and they turn away. What a travesty when men walk with the Lord for a time, then turn their back on him. I've been saved now for 55 years or so. I still find it difficult to to fathom out Judas. How a man could walk with the Lord, could see all the miracles, could hear all his teachings, who was trusted with the bag and so forth, made an officer of the twelve, and yet do what he did. You see, in verse 60 it says this, Many therefore, this is John chapter 6, many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, 
said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? What he was doing was teaching them about the bread and the wine and his body and his life and eternal life and giving themselves over and so forth. And some of them said, it's too hard. It's too hard for me. I just can't accept that. And Judas for three years, it's too hard. It's too hard. It's too hard. I can't accept that. I don't believe this. It doesn't fit in with my ideals. It doesn't fit in with my lifestyle. It's too hard. And folks, there are many people today who shy away from the truth. Say, I can't accept that. I can't accept the local church teaching. Whether it be divorce and remarried or whether it be giving tithes or or whether it be not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. I, I can't accept that. Christ is God. Well, I can't accept that. That we should support the local church with our presence and our offerings. I can't accept that. I can't accept the doctrine of the rapture. Surely the church goes through the tribulation period. I can't accept that. Let me say this. It doesn't matter what you do not accept. Truth is truth. And the word of God is true. Amen. It's all too hard. And they leave the local church sometimes that upholds the standards and the doctrines of the word of God. You'll find out that people leave more, uh, let's say, fundamental churches because the doctrines of the word are upheld. And quite often they go, and I've experienced this, quite often they go somewhere where the doctrines are let's say, ten times worse than what we had. No standards. No doctrinal stance. So Christ asserts his deity, and many of them turn away. Then in verse 67, it says this. Verse 67. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Would ye also go away? Look how many's left us. Look how many's gone away. Look how many's turned their back on the truth. Now, of course, he knew that they would not. But it gave Peter another opportunity, as it were, to declare his feelings, as it were, for Christ and where he stood. Then said Simon Peter, verse 68, answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And folks, this was an affirmation of what he believed. Lord, he said. He had accepted that Jesus Christ was Lord. He had accepted Jesus was his Lord. That he was the Messiah. And he believed in eternal life. And that Jesus, his Lord, had these words to proclaim. Simon Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? 
Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Folks, when you go home, if you could, try to disseminate those two verses and just see what Peter is saying. There's a lot of doctrine in those two verses alone. Bernie, they'd be worth preaching on one night. Amen? So we'll leave it to Bernie to preach on that, okay? So there's no doubt that Peter is showing confidence in the Lord and believing in his word. Now look at verse uh, 67. Jesus asked a very pointed question. As I said earlier, verse 66 tells us that many of his disciples went back, but the Lord knew all about that. But he wanted Peter to affirm where he stood. And he said, will he also go away? Well, we've already looked at it. And Peter says, Lord, to whom shall we go? If you were to leave this church, where would you go? Who else has the words of eternal life in this area? Where could you go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ. And we could say, and we believe and are sure that the word of the Lord Jesus Christ is proclaimed from these pulpits. Thou art the Son of the living God. Folks, can you with assurance and, and confidence, as it were, say what Peter said? We believe. And are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. If you can't honestly say that, then you need to seek someone out. Maybe pastor or Bernie or one of the other deacons and speak to them. Okay, so that's Peter's call, Peter's confidence. Now we're going to look at Mark chapter 8. So just back a few pages. Mark chapter 8 and verse 27 to 33. Mark chapter 8, verse 27 says this. And Jesus went out and his disciples into the towns of Caesarea Philippi. And by the way, he asked his disciples, saying unto them, Whom do men say that I am? And they answered, uh, John the Baptist. But some say, Elias. And others, one of the prophets. And he said unto them, <laughs> But whom Say ye that I am. And Peter answered, Peter again, he's, he's the one that speaks up. And Peter answered and said unto him, Thou art the Christ. And he charged them that they should tell no man of him. What a wonderful statement. While others around were saying that he was a prophet, or Elias, or Elijah, or Elisha. While all the men around him were saying, he was John the Baptist, Peter says, you're the Christ. We, we don't need to listen to other people saying that you are somebody else. Because we know that you are the Christ. We know we've got the real thing. And when Peter said thou art the Christ, in the Greek, that would be uh, Christos, meaning the anointed one. Or another similar meaning is the chosen one. And, and the thought here is 
Chosen to be the one who takes away our sin. Chosen to be our sin bearer. Thou art the Christ, Christos, the chosen one. So when Peter affirms this and says thou art the Christ, he is actually saying much more. This is Peter's confession, if you like. Peter's confession. Now please turn to Luke chapter 22. Now we're we're just scratching the surface of these. We haven't got time to go into the depth of them. But Luke chapter 22, verses 31 to 34. Luke 22, verse 31. And here we see Peter cautioned. Peter cautioned. Luke 22, verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. We'll just leave the reading there. So Peter is cautioned by the Lord. He said, the devil's out to sift you. The devil is out to get you. Satan was going to attack Peter. And he did. And he was successful for a time. Which we will see in just a few moments, if God willing. But right after the Lord tells him, that Satan wanted to sift him as wheat. What did the Lord say? But well, I have prayed for thee. And you know that uh, can't pull at my heartstrings. Folks, what a beautiful thing when the Lord prays for one of his people. And praise God, even today, he continues to pray for us. Don't think that he's left us defenseless. Don't think that he's left us to fight against the wiles of the devil alone. Because in John chapter 17, we haven't got time to turn there, the high priestly prayer of our Lord, especially in verse 9, says, I pray for them. And the Lord is praying for us. Now we stay in the same chapter, Luke 22 54 to 62, and here we see Peter's claps. You see, the Lord says the devil's out to get you. He's going to sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you. That doesn't mean to say that he's going to have a perfect life. But the Lord will ultimately give him the victory. So Peter's claps, verse 54 of Luke 22. It says this. Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter followed afar off. When they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him. She gazed at him and said, This man was also with him. 
And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. After a little while another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour another, confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately, while he yet speak, the cock crew. Peter's claps. You know, this is Peter almost enacting Psalm 1. Isn't it? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. He did. Nor standeth in the way of sinners. He did. Nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. He did. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. He didn't. He denied the Lord three times. This was Peter's collapse. His fall, if you like. But then in verse 60, the cock crew. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately, while he yet speak, the cock crew. Then I want you to notice verse 61. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord. I he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Now before we read the next two verses, let's be reminded that the Lord is in control of all that happens. He was in control of the beatings that he endured. He was in control of the whippings with a cat of nine tails. He was in control of these soldiers and whatever they did. Now look at the next two verses. See, Peter went out and wept bitterly after the Lord looked at him. And the men that held Jesus mocked him and smote him. And when they had blindfolded him, if they had blindfolded the Lord 30 seconds earlier, there would not have been that look. He would not have been able to look upon Peter. And Peter may not have remembered that he denied the Lord three times. You see, the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. Boy, I remember whenever I was young, if I was in any sort of trouble, my father would look at me. And some of those looks were very stern indeed. And I can only imagine how the Lord looked on Peter. It may have been with compassion. It may have been with love and saying, I told you so, Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord. I had said unto him, before the cock crowed, I shall deny me thrice. After that, they blindfolded him. No more looks, as far as the Savior was concerned. Folks, when the cock crew, it was a new day. That's when the cock crows, early in the morning. But more especially for Peter, it was a new day and a new beginning. Now please turn to Luke chapter 24. How are we going for time? Are we still going okay? Luke 24 and verses 33 
and 34. And here we have Peter comforted. Peter comforted. Luke 24 verse 33. And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven uh, gathered together uh, and them that were with them saying, listen, the Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. A special appearance. The Lord made a point of appearing unto Simon Peter. And we can only wonder what was said. We can only wonder what took place. But we know that it would certainly, I believe, include words of comfort. Because when you get to John chapter 13 and John chapter 14, it says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me and my Father's house are many mansions. And so forth. I believe there would have been words of comfort. And again, the Lord showed himself for a third time. Please turn to John 21. John 21 and verse 14. John 21 and verse 14 says this. Now this, this is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was risen from the dead. Now, we're almost there, we're almost there. Now Simon Peter said, let's go back to verse 3. I'll tell you what he said. In verse 3 it says, Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into the ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. Again, another text worth preaching on. Simon Peter says, I go a fishing. And here we see a short relapse, if you like. Peter, the spokesman, Peter, the leader of the group, said, he was going back to what he used to do, fishing. And here we see, in this particular chapter, Peter commissioned. And the thing is, when a person of influence speaks, others listen. And when they make a decision, others follow. Six other disciples followed Peter on his backward trek. Look at verse 2. And were gathered together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter said unto them, I go fishing. They say, the six of them, we also go with thee. Folks, we need to be very careful not to influence others. In a negative way. We have seen that many times over the years. When one falls away from his profession of faith. And falls into sin. They can have a negative influence on others. Especially the younger among us. They influence others to follow in their steps. But again the wonderful thing is that. Whenever or if. We fall. 
and start to drift away, as it were, the Lord is always close by. Look at John chapter 21. We haven't got time to go into all the verses, but verse 5 says, Then Jesus said unto them, Children, so he's calling out from the shore, Children, have ye any meat? Uh, they answered him, No. I said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship. Now you can either say they already cast it on the left side or they cast it on the wrong side. So whatever you like. But you cast on the right side of the ship and you shall find. They cast therefore and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. <laughs> now we know the story. Peter and six others went back to their old way of life. There was nothing, nothing for them there. No fish, no old life to speak of. But the Lord was near. And under his direction, they caught a net full of fish, which they dragged to the shore. Verse 8. And verse 13, the Lord feeds them. And after that, there is this great conversation between the Lord and Peter. When the Lord three times asked Peter, did he love him? But the first question was a little different from the others. See, verse 15, it says, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? You see all these fish that reminds you of your past, that reminds you where you came from before you followed me? Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou more than these? And Simon had just gone back to fishing. And the Lord said, lovest thou me more than these? More than your past? More than where you came from? You see, three times he denied the Lord, standing and sitting at the world's fire. Now he affirms his love three times for the Lord at the Lord's fire. The Lord has a little fire. And the Lord has some food for them. And three times he affirms his love. The Lord says, feed my lambs, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. And so the Lord commissioned Peter. And just in finishing, one more if, you'd, if that's okay. Peter's courage. He became a great apostle. Please turn to Acts of the Apostles, chapter 5. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 5, and verse 29. And I mentioned this uh, as we started. You see, Peter was put in prison. They were put in prison for preaching the word. Then the angel of the Lord opened the prison doors. And told them to go and preach in the temple. Now they could have said, hey, hold on here. Uh, we've just been put in prison because we've been preaching. Now you want us to go out and preach more so that we can be put in prison. Now that wasn't the point. But the angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and told them, look at verse 20. Uh, verse 20 of uh, Acts chapter 5. Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And so they were told to go and preach. The high priest and the officers searched for them, cut the long story short, and brought them before the council. And in verse 28 it says, 
Did we not straightly command you that you should not teach in his name? The Lord's name. And in verse 29, Peter boldly answers his accusers and says, We ought to obey God rather than men. And it's here we see Peter's courage. He stood up to them, no longer running away, no longer standing with, uh, away from the cross, no longer standing with the crowd, no longer denying his Lord, but boldly answering this counsel with holy courage. And Peter became a beacon for his Lord, finishing writing two epistles, first and second Peter. And virtually his last words to us were in second Peter three eighteen, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless us through his word this evening. Peter's call, Peter's confidence, Peter's confession, Peter's caution, Peter's claps, Peter comforted, Peter commissioned, Peter's courage. What a blessing this man was, eh? Amen? Amen. Amen.